Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. I'm Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today. You know, we're going to talk about several things, one being electronic vehicle slavery, or we'll use the hip term and call it EV, EV slavery. I don't know if slavery is politically correct or not, and I don't really care because that's what it is. They're enslaving children in the Congo to harvest their cobalt to build their fantasy fleet of electric vehicles around the United States, which we don't have enough charging stations for, and they're actually talking about making all military vehicles also electric. That's going to work out really well when we have to fight wars overseas. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work, and in the meantime, it's all enriching China. We're going to talk about, of course, the debt ceiling because the debt ceiling is what's happening right now. You have the Democrats blaming Republicans for not letting them spend $7 trillion and increasing the national debt to $50 trillion over the next 10 years. It's horrible. It's horrible. And so they're saying that the, the Republicans are the ones holding the debt ceiling and the, the good standing of the credit of the United States. Yeah, fuck off. You know, it has nothing to do with it. All right. What it has to do with is control. That's what they're upset about. Same thing with the border. And uh, the, the, the economy in general, again, we're still upside down in real wages. We're still at record inflation, well, 40-year high inflation rates. And all that, we have banks failing now. Another one failed over the weekend that, that, that they're going to get let Chase take over. Um, the, the slow growth of the economy, only 1.1%. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, interest rates are high. Insurance rates are high. Everything's high. Groceries are expensive. People can't afford to live in the Biden economy. And they expect you to just buy their BS that they spout from the platform and the podium every single day. Karine Jean-Pierre gets out there and says, you know, hey, let's get, let, let me just be very clear. You know, the president is out there doing the work and the work is what he's doing. And as long as he's doing the work, everybody needs to just be happy. Shut the hell up. Don't question us. Go back to your little hovels and be the peasants that you are. That's the reality of it. So let's dive right in here. First thing I want to cover is the electric vehicle fallacy, the fact that this is somehow clean energy, and we're going to talk about wind, wind turbines a little bit here as well. And I've had this conversation before. This time I'm going to focus in, instead of on the generalities, I'm going to focus in on the fact that the main thing we need, we're not, we're not building, uh, we're building lithium batteries now, so we don't need rare earth uh, minerals to, like the original Priuses and stuff like that to build the batteries. They do, still, they do still use it for some of the steel housing that's on the batteries. But the majority of it, you know, cobalt and lithium are a couple of the main ingredients to build these so-called green energy batteries that every everybody is supposed to love that last forever. They don't last forever, and they're very expensive to replace, and we don't know what the hell we're going to do with all the batteries once they run out of juice. We're going to have to get rid of them at some point, right? And we're neglecting nuclear power. We're neglecting hydrogen-powered vehicles, which is a real thing. It can be done. If they were focusing our effort and our, our investments on hydrogen-powered vehicles, we could have a truly clean vehicle. But that's not what they want. You can't make money off of water. You can't make money off of water. And we all know that that's what 
politicians are all about, especially the extreme commie Democrats. All they want is to make money and to screw you and screw me and have complete and total control. You see, it's not about, it's not about money as much as it is about control. So let's dive right in here. You know, I, 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 this whole um, cobalt mine thing, I'm sorry, man. I'm having a real technical difficulty with my earpiece. It's not staying in. I guess I've got, maybe I've got slippery ears today or something. I don't know. <sighs> technical, <laughs> one-man band here. I'm my producer, my promoter, my uh, talent, and everything all wrapped into one. So this is what the cobalt mines look like in the Democratic Republic of, of the Congos. And that's where they have the largest deposit of cobalt. It's where most of it is mined. This is a commercial mine. They're actually not supposed to be using manual labor, but they do because that's what they do in that part of the world. They don't have money. They have children working in these mines, young children. And we're going to see some videos of those. You see some pictures of them right here. And they're not being compensated for this. It's child labor. It's slavery. Those electric vehicles you feel so proud of driving, those electric vehicles that the Biden regime and the extreme commie Democrats want everybody to drive around, they're built on the backs of children in an impoverished nation. And they're, they're proud about it. They're happy about it. See, because it doesn't, it's not about the environment. You see, it's not, they just don't want to do it here. We can still use oil as long as it comes from other countries. We can still use cobalt as long as it comes from other countries. We don't want to drill and mine in the U.S., but we'll fuck up the rest of the world and let it get dirty and let them get their hands dirty and kill their children in order for us, the great United States, to pretend, pretend that we're clean, that we're somehow holier than thou, that we're somehow some great nation setting this example of clean energy and a renewable economy. Bullshit. That is not what's happening at all. We do need a solution. And the solution, if we're going to go down the the rabbit hole of electronic vehicles and pretend like that's the solution to all of Earth's woes, then at the very least, at the very least, invest in these countries that are using basically slave labor, child labor, to mine the cobalt that we need. These are human pits. Thousands of humans down there digging by hand with little shovels and little picks and their bare hands and fingernails. 
to get the cobalt to put in your damn electric vehicle. And you drive around so self-righteous and holier than thou and your little, I'm saving the environment, I'm driving an electric vehicle. Trooby, trooby, trooby. Piss off. You're the problem. Your attitude is the problem. Your ideas are the problem. The fact that you won't look at other types of energy that are truly clean, that would really be better for the environment, is the problem. Bunch of useful idiots following the extreme commie Democrats propaganda. In hearings. Senator, with respect to the issue you're speaking of, I uh, assume that it's the Boundary Water watershed, and uh, that was put to us as a copper mine, not as a cobalt mine. So, so why are you blocking access, though, to our nation's cobalt resources? You, you can't possibly be willing to ignore what's taking place in the Congo. It's been all over the news for years. Here are a couple of headlines in terms of the mine that you, that you blocked. National Public Radio how modern-day slavery in the Congo powers the rechargeable battery uh, economy. The independent. Here is a better not, here it is better, they said, not to be born. Cobalt mining for big tech is driving child labor and deaths in the Congo. The Guardian, like slave labor and master, DRC miners toil for 30 pence an hour and fuel electric cars. The New York Times, Newsweek, go after any of them. Again, why are you blocking access to our nation's cobalt resources? Because that's what you've done. Senator, uh, near the Boundary Waters watershed, it was put to us as a copper mine. Copper is not a critical mineral in this country. This is a mineral that is needed to fulfill the president's goal on electric vehicles. It's straightforward. You can't get critical minerals without mining. Mining in America is better for our economy. It's better for the environment. It's better for the people of the world. You need to stop blocking access to our nation's resources. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, she kept saying, well, but it was put to us as a copper mine. That's your excuse. No, there's a cobalt. And when you mine minerals, a lot of stuff comes out of the ground. Now, the U.S. doesn't have the largest reserve of these minerals, but we have a lot. Okay, we're like the sixth largest uh, reserve in the world. And... We could be mining it right here in the U.S. with stricter economical standards, with stricter labor standards, so better for the environment, better for the worker, and putting Americans to work. But no, no, no. They'd rather have slave labor, child labor, down in the Congo for cheap. It's the same reason we bought tons of stuff for China for years and still do, is because it's cheap. And we're paying for it as China begins to take over the world economy. Interesting statistics. Democrat Republic of Congo, 100,000 tons. Man, the Congo accounted for more than 70% of the world's entire cobalt production in 2019, totaling 100,000 tons. They also have the largest reserve, by the way, of this. Many of the world's largest mining companies have set up operations in the country as they seek to secure supplies of this increasingly sought-after commodity. This stuff doesn't last forever. There is less cobalt in the world to build batteries than there is oil to run cars. It's not even close. It's not even close. 
Many of the world's largest, or the, 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 the Katanga province is a particularly productive region, home to some of the world's biggest cobalt mines, including Matanda, Kamado, Itoli, and Urashi. However, a significant anti-sanal mining sector has also bloomed in recent years, buoyed by growing demand for the metal. A report from the World Economic Forum estimates small-scale mining accounts for 15 to 30% of all cobalt mining in the Congo. There have been several examples of dangerous working conditions, human rights abuses, including child labor and environmental damage associated with Congolese cobalt, prompting many major companies who rely on the country's supply chains to form initiatives aimed at promoting higher ethical standards. China is the world's leading consumer of the metal and has established a dominant position over the country's cobalt trade fueled by its desire to lead the world in EV battery production. See, most of these batteries come from China and they get the cobalt from the Congo. And the Congo, China doesn't, they don't give a damn about the environment. They don't care about child labor. They use it, they use slave and child labor in their own country. Why would they care about doing it in the Congo? The, the reason China is so invested in, in Africa is because they're taking it over. The CCP has basically taken over an entire continent by controlling their resources and in turn controlling their governments because China has the money to do it, most of which comes from, guess, the United States of America. And Biden is just building that up stronger and stronger. Uh, this, was, this is an older video. It's just a minute clip. Um, Joe Rogan did a, a, seg, a, a segment on the Congo mines. He had a guest on. This is good stuff. Check it out. Yeah. So crazy to see. This is the bottom of the supply chain of your iPhone, of your Tesla, of your Samsung. I mean, I'm just naming those companies. Right. Uh, it's all of them, right? All of them. And here's what you need to know, Joe, about this video. I, I was the first outsider to get into this mine. This is an industrial cobalt mine where there's not supposed to be one artisanal miner. Now, that's the term used for people who are just digging by hand as opposed to tractors and excavators. This mine, and I can name it, it's called Shabara. There's not supposed to be one artisanal miner here, according to the consumer-facing tech companies and EV companies buying this cobalt. Lo and behold, I walk into this place, and this is what I see. There's more than 15,000 human beings crammed into that pit. But that's okay. As long as we can convert the United States over to clean energy on the backs of the children of other countries. Lots of neat statistics. I'm going to read off just a few. Um, this is from airqualitynews.com. You can check it out yourself if you want. Among the materials related realities, the realities of green energy. Check these out, man. Because I think, you know, the whole, the whole pipe dream, the whole... Uh, green energy fallacy, all, the, the whole BS line they're feeding you that this is good for the environment, it's good for earth, it's good for the economy. Every single part of that is BS. Oh, it might be good for a few companies that donate to the campaign coffers of the Democrats, but it's certainly not good for the world economy and it's certainly not good for the climate. Building wind turbines and solar panels to generate electricity as well as batteries and fuel electric vehicles requires, on average, check this out, more than 10 times the quantity of materials compared with building machines using hydrocarbons to deliver the same amount of energy to society. 10 times. 
So we have a smaller resource that we have to harvest at 10 times the rate of oil or gas, natural gas, to create the same amount of energy. A single electric car contains cobalt that 1,000 smartphone batteries, the blades of a single wind turbine have more plastic than 5 million smartphones, and a solar array can power one data center uses more glass than 50 million phones. Good comparison, you know, because everybody can relate to a phone. You know, we've all got one. Mine's around here somewhere. Oh, it's in my pocket. Here we go. Yeah, there's my phone. Replacing hydrocarbon with green machines under current plans, never mind the, the aspirations so far, great expansion, will vastly increase the mining of various critical minerals around the world. For example, a single electric car battery weighs 1,000 pounds, requiring extracting and processing some 500,000 pounds of material to get a single car battery into your electric vehicle and every vehicle that the extreme commie Democrats want you to have, 500,000 pounds of earth needs to be dug up and sorted through just to build it for every single battery. Average over a battery's life, each mile of driving an electric car consumes five pounds of earth. Each mile. Five pounds of earth. Five pounds per mile? We have, we have gallons per, per, per mile right now. We may as, so we may as well relate to pounds per hour if we're going to be digging up the earth to do it, right? Using an internal combustion engine consumes about 0.2 pounds of liquid per mile. So over five times the amount. Wait a minute. Huh. No, 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 no. 25 times the amount of earth in pounds is required for electric vehicles versus internal combustion vehicles. Oil, natural gas, and coal are needed to produce the concrete, steel, plastics, and purified minerals used to build green machines. The energy equivalent of 100 barrels of oil is used in the process of fabricating a single battery that can store the equivalent of one barrel of oil. So you're using 100 barrels of oil to produce a battery that has the energy equivalent of one barrel of oil. Repeat that again. 100 barrels of oil to produce the energy in a battery of one barrel that one barrel of oil could provide. Is that insane? That that seems crazy to me. I, I mean, I, I checked this out in a, in, in a few places. I was like, and all the, all the it was all the same wherever you went. If you dig into this, you'll see the same thing. It's insanity. We are. It is far dirtier for the environment, far worse for the environment, far more detrimental, and far more short term to be digging up the earth to have a. A, a, virtuo, a virtuous, uh, feel-good type thing for driving an electric vehicle than it is to just drive around your gas vehicle. We go back to the 60s and 70s and drive leaded gas vehicles and still be better off than we are with the green new economy. By 2050, that's not far away. 27 years? 27 years. A generation. By 2050, with current plans, 
the quantity of worn out solar panels, much of it non-recyclable, will be constitute double the tonnage of all of today's global plastic waste. All of the world, double it. That's how much wind turbines are going to create by 2050 and 27 years from now. Along with over 3 million tons per year of unrecyclable plastics from worn out wind turbine blades by 2030, seven years from now, we're not talking a long time, seven years from now, less than two election cycles in the United States, more than 10 million tons per year of batteries will become garbage. 10 million tons per year by 2030. And they're accelerating the move to the so-called clean energy and green energy economy. These people are either complete idiots or they're lying through their teeth because they're getting money from it. You decide which. I know what I think it is. This is in a uh, cobalt mine in the Congo. They had a little cave-in, you know. Apparently a pretty common occurrence down there because I found dozens of videos. Check this out. They cheer every time they rescue someone that the earth collapsed on. That one dude's a hero, obviously. Cool. Wow. Great working in conditions, man. And you, 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 you little whiny, woke, uh, college-educated people whine and bitch about the jobs you have? Pathetic. You guys are absolutely pathetic. Cobalt is a key component in EV batteries. It's largely mined in the Democratic Republic of Congo, the DRC. But news reports have regularly exposed shady practices. I mean, same story, different day. This has been going on for a long time. They know this is happening and they don't do anything about it. They continue to push. In fact, not only do they not do anything about it, they accelerate the problem and exasperate the issue by continuing to insist that everybody convert over to electric vehicles, thereby putting more pressure on the mines, more pressure on them to produce more, which they're going to throw more human bodies at, more children, more child laborers at. Also, you can feel good about driving a clean vehicle. According to the cha- to the charge, we will be consuming 422,614 metric tons of lithium carbonate equivalent annually by 2025, two years from now. However, production is not keeping up with demand, and by 2030, more than 10 million tons per year of batteries will become garbage. China has recently seen a slump in rare earth production due to domestic hoarding. China is holding on to this stuff because they know they can control eventually if, if the rest of the world keeps pushing toward this so-called green economy and this, this clean energy and, and our insane push toward 
everything electric. While they continue to build, they're still building brand new coal-fired power plants. They're still doing coal and, and expanding their coal industry. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is going to green, so-called green, electric energy, and the Chinese are building the batteries for the rest of the world and laughing their freaking asses off. Because they're not doing a damn thing about it. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Let's get to the weird segment of, of the show because we are about truth, freedom, and weirdness. And uh, this, is, this is pretty, it's a little weird. It's, if it weren't, actually, if it weren't true, it wouldn't be so weird. If the consequences weren't true, it's just, it, um, uh, yeah, yeah. New York City police investigating hate crime, hate crime, after a man poops on a pride flag. If you have poop issues, skip ahead a couple of minutes, okay? I'm going to talk about poop here for a minute. A man is under investigation for alleged hate crime after he pooped on a gay pride flag outside a New York restaurant last month in a displayed, <coughs> I'm not even going to say <laughs> So horrifying it does. I should have researched that word before I dropped this story. So horrifying it deserves its own level of criminality. According to this, a likely mentally ill, do you think? I mean, someone's out in public pooping on a flag. He might be a little bit. A likely mentally ill man was caught on surveillance footage on April 15th, draping a rainbow flag over a chair before popping a squat and defecating on the fabric just outside. Abusio 95's restaurant at West 95th Street and Amsterdam Avenue. The man then allegedly used another pride flag to wipe his rear before carving a smiley face into the mess. All right. I think we can all agree it's pretty damn gross to be doing sculptures inside of your own poop, let alone doing it in public. But the fact that this is being... Obviously, you've got it. It's probably a street guy or, or very close to a street guy, mentally disturbed. <laughs> One would think, right? And they're they're looking at charging him with a hate crime. Now, I don't remember one time in 2020 all the United States flags that were burned, that were pooped on, that people wiped their butts with. I don't remember one time any one of those people being investigated for a hate crime, but do it on a pride flag. Oh, man, you're just asking for trouble. <laughs> and New York is happy to give it to you. We're going to move right on here to the next next little thing that I want to talk about today, and that's, uh, that's the, uh, the debt ceiling and you know, the, the vilification of Republicans by the Democrats, they're so absurd. I mean, it's like the more, these aren't serious people. I mean, whether it's Antony Blinken or Mayorkas or Biden or Kamala, Chuck Schumer, these are not serious people. These are, these are like drama actors. They're, they're all about the drama, getting in front of the camera and creating as much drama as they possibly can. And all they do is, is mess things up we're going to start off this segment on the economy with a little bit of drama. And this was, uh, um, this is their idea. I found this on the, I like to use sources like from 
liberal places because they're crazy and it shows just how crazy they are. And that is, this is, I found this on the Lincoln Project, uh, but check this out. This is the, this is the ad they put out on, on how horrible Democrats are and how we want to kill everybody in the country by holding them hostage with not spending more money than we have. Kevin McCarthy, Matt Gates, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are ready to wreck the economy. Ready to put your job and your family in economic danger. Ready to blow up your pension and retirement and raise prices on everything you buy. Cutting benefits to veterans, slashing defense, ending infrastructure projects. Their reckless conspiracy to bankrupt America is a cynical plan to re-elect Donald Trump by crashing the economy. Call your member of Congress today and tell them yes on saving America's economy and no on McCarthy's plan to kill it. Oh yeah, the Lincoln Project, most one of the most liberal rags around. But that's how insane they are. That's why I wanted to show you this. This is the propaganda they're putting out. I put it out. Really, the Republicans are wrecking the economy. Oh, okay. You know, we're not the ones with a seven trillion dollar insane budget that has all kinds of money going to other countries and to the green fucking energy pipe green pipe dream. We're not the ones who presided over multiple bank failures or you know massive slow growth 1.1 gdp the last the last quarter wages are down real wages are down 24 months in a row we have interest rates that are still at a 40-year high no matter how you look at it and interest rates are going crazy groceries are high gas prices are on the rise again oh no but it's republicans those bastards They were the Democrats were in control of the House, the Senate, and the White House for two damn years. And they're sitting there trying to tell people that it is the Republican Congress, the Republican Congress that's causing the economic collapse of America. I'd like to think that most people are a little bit smarter than that, than to fall for that bullshit. And sadly, sadly. <laughs> There, it's a large number of Americans that will exactly fall for that. Yeah, 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 man. I, you just you can't make this stuff up, man. We don't need we don't need the writers. You know, screw the writers for late night comedy shows. Go away. We don't need your unions. We don't need the writers. Get the hell out because real news is funny enough and weird enough. We don't need you. We can get by without you. All right, Jimmy Kimmel. You know, you guys can, all you guys, just just go away, man. We, we really don't need you. We don't want you either. House Republicans have passed a debt ceiling. They passed it. Yes, they did. House Republicans passed a debt ceiling increase, but it requires Biden to agree. And these are reasonable things. A 1% annual growth cap. Okay, that seems pretty reasonable. Uh, take back the spending from COVID-19 aid. Yes, they still have money from COVID-19 that they were given that has not been, been spent and COVID is over, but they're going to keep it anyway. They're going to keep it because damn it, once you give them money, they will never, ever, ever, ever give it back and stop the student debt relief program, which probably unconstitutional anyway, Right? Heaven forbid we make people pay back debts on contracts they agreed to. Some of these controlled spent uh, control on spending would be sensible, but Biden won't negotiate. 
So we're headed for a game of chicken as the American economy dives off a cliff. Okay, dives off the American economy dive. That's a pretty that's a pretty fantastic type of statement. But but this was in response to Walter Bloomberg. White House, Biden will make clear to Congress leaders he is not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. When he came out with his budget, he made it very clear, I'm not negotiating. When he came out and said, we need to go to the debt ceiling, I'm not negotiating. How do you enter a conversation with that? If, if you're entering in a conversation, what if you went to a car dealership and you were looking at a car that was, you know, worth maybe 20 grand and the dealership told you, no, you're going to pay $45,000. But the car's not worth forty-five thousand. I don't care. I'm not negotiating. You pay forty-five grand or get the hell out. I mean, if they're going to be ridiculous with their ideas, I can be ridiculous with my examples. Chuck Schumer had this to say. You had said for months that House Republicans need to produce their plan. They did. You said that you didn't think they had the votes. They had the votes. You probably don't have sixty votes. To yeah, they didn't say. Schumer didn't think the Republicans would have the votes to get their plan out because the Republicans have a plan. Gates and McCarthy put it out and Schumer said, oh, they don't have the votes to pass it. Well, guess what? They did pass it. And Schumer, you are a disgrace to this country wearing that lapel of a U.S. flag on your suit jacket. You should be wearing a commie China flag or a Russian flag on there. Get the hell out. Anyway. For a clean debt ceiling increase. So isn't it coming upon you and the White House to negotiate a deal with spending cuts to raise the debt ceiling? These cuts, as we have pointed out as our hearings will, are so draconian. The American people don't want them, and we cannot. These are not even cuts. And this is not a plan. This is a hard, this is a hard right-wing wish list that everyone knows has no chance of passing and puts the American people in McCarthy's giving two choices, given his hard right and how he's caved into them either a plan that defaults on the debt or a plan that defaults on American families in a very, very severe way. The American people don't want the federal government to rein in their spending. Please tell me who, who out there does not want the government to rein in their out of control spending. I bet it's pretty small. But he says the American people don't want it. They don't want the government to rein in their spending. And you know what? We're not going to negotiate. We'll, we'll negotiate after. Just, just raise the debt ceiling, and then we'll talk about the other stuff. Bullshit. Once you give in your leverage, once you give in to them, they have proven over and over and over again that then the negotiation is over. They did it to their own party member with Manchin. When Manchin gave in and voted for the for the massive Green Energy uh, Inflation So-Called Reduction Act, the second he did it, they stabbed him in the back. And that's someone from their own party. What do you think they're going to do if the Republicans give in on the debt ceiling and then with a promise of negotiating later on, on the budget? I think it's pretty obvious, right? They'll tell the Republicans to go pound sand. God, thank God. I mean, it wasn't a red wave in 22, but thank God we got some common sense in there and it, we at least control the house so they can't continue with their madness of flushing this country down the toilet. <sighs> Once upon a time, Biden pretended to have fiscal responsibility and control. 
When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. And like everything he does, he failed. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if what he's saying is a good idea or not. I mean, whatever Biden does... He fails with, right? <laughs> Including his joke of a presidency. And of course, I mean, I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, this is what administrations do is they have to support their positions. But when you have positions that are completely unsupportable, this is uh, the uh, economic advisor of the White House. She's a... Uh, Talking about how great they are. It happens all the time. Just to, to arbitrarily take 80 days and say, I'm not going to do anything with the, with the debt limit. I, I, there's polls that say the American people want the president to negotiate at this point. And, and, and I don't, you're hoping, and I, I know you think that the Republicans are going to be blamed, and that's sort of the, I guess that's sort of the game plan, but I don't think you can guarantee that because there's a bill out there now, and if the president doesn't negotiate now, uh, the White House is going to have some of the default on its hands uh, as well, the blame. Here's, here's the thing. Um, there's a few facts here. First of all, the president has been very clear on his economic priorities. He came out with a complete budget uh, back in March. Uh, speaker McCarthy said that was the first thing that he would do when he became speaker, and it took him quite a while to come up with this vision that, that is embodied in the legislation that you just referred to that the House passed. Biden's plan that he came out with was a non-starter and they knew it, but they had to start from a position that would make anything less than that look radical. And so they did what they always do. And now they're projecting saying that the Republicans are the ones that are blocking things up. And that's just simply not true. Here's what, I mean, this is from Bloomberg, this next one. I mean, I, I like to use things from liberal sources because then at least you can't accuse me of being biased or, oh, you're a Fox News, you know, robot. And you know what? Hey, I got news for you. Fox News is part of the problem right now. Anyway, check this out. U.S. economic growth slowed by more than expected in the first quarter, despite an increase in consumer spending. Interest rate increases and inflation have taken hold of an economy largely expected to decelerate even further later this year. The Fed has aggressively hiked rates over the past year in an attempt to cool red-hot inflation. And next week, the Fed is expected to raise borrowing costs by another 25 basis points. In addition to rising rates, turmoil in the banking system has hurt business investment and lower sales has forced companies to start laying off employees. Many economists believe the combination of rising rates and still persistent inflation will send the U.S. into a recession later this year. And although the economy is still expanding, it's stuck between these rising rates and inflation. Okay, I agree with a lot of that, other than the fact that the U.S. is already in a recession. I, I don't think anybody can really deny that. Real wages are down for 24 months straight. There is no end in sight. I mean, we are in a recession. This is not imaginary. This is not make-believe. Real Americans. Now, if you're driving around in a limousine in a motorcade with 30 vehicles driving you around all the countries on earth, you probably wouldn't understand that there's a recession, especially if you have dementia and Swiss cheese for brains. 
So the same economic advisor, you know, she also, excuse me. She came out and she said this in that same little exchange. But the most important thing, I'm an economist who works here at the White House. We get up here, we get up every day making sure that this economy is delivering for working people all across the country. You're failing. Do better. Okay? Do better. What do you think, Clint? What a load of shit. Yeah. That's two days in a row that Clint has weighed in on the Nun Report, and I thank you, man. Hey, by the way, check me out on uh, Rumble.com/slash/TheNunReport. It's important, you know. If we're gonna if we're gonna get get together as conservatives, American First Patriots, that we support each other, and that we support the message that's getting out there. One of the ways you can support me and support the message that I'm trying to put out. I'm no Tucker Carlson or Dan Bongino. I'm just Dan Nunn. But hey, I'm trying to build a platform. Help me out. Follow me on Rumble. Rumble.com slash the nun report. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything. No pain, no gain. Right? Anyway, that's my little mid-show, mid-show bump for myself. Karine Jean-Pierre, she had this to say. Karine Jean-Pierre. What is up with that hair? Real wages are higher than any any uh, uh than they were just nine months ago. Real wages are higher. This is this is like the gas price argument. This is like saying gas prices are lower than they were, which they're not now, but they used to say, you notice how they don't talk about that anymore? Gas prices are lower than they were at their peak. Yes, but they're still twice what they were when you took office. And she's like, well, you know, real wages are higher than they were nine months ago. Yes, but they're still negative. People are still making less money than when you took office. People are still making less real money because the inflation rates, because of your reckless spending policy, because of your inability to manage a basic economy that was flourishing when you took office. Because of all that, Americans are making less money. Overall, Americans are making about 5% higher wages but once you account for inflation, you're making less. Right now, it's about 1.6. So she's referring to nine months ago when it used to be about you were making 2.5% less than you were year over year. Now you're only making 1.6 less than you were year over year. But every single month that Biden has been in office, 24 months in a row, real wages in the United States are lower than they were. So you may be making more of your paycheck, but you know, I mean, come on. Everybody knows common sense. Man, you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, you pay your bills, you know you're making less, right? You know your money's not going as far as it used to. You know that you've got more month at the end of the at the end of the paycheck. Real Americans know this. But these people aren't real Americans. They're traitors. Moving on to something a little bit lighter, Bud Light, in fact. Bud Light is in serious trouble of losing status as top beer seller in the U.S., industry experts warn. Oh, the St. Petersburg Post-Dispatch published a scathing story. 
Bud Light, and this is all because of the, you know, the dude pretending to be a man or the dude pretending to be a girl that's, uh, you know, totally extravagant and over, over exaggerating being a girl. The, you know, the freak, Dylan Mulvaney. Okay. So we're clear. So I'm, I'm assuming that everybody who watches this show knows what's going on. But just to make it, you know, point it out for those who don't, Bud Light sales continue to plummet after transgender marketing controversy that put a spotlight on the massive decline. Bud Light and store sales have dropped 26% since the week that ended April 22nd. <laughs> so not only did their value drop like 4 or 5% on the stock market, that's, that's not even, their sales have dropped 26% as of April 22nd. The Post-Dispatch reported citing data from Connecticut-based Bump Williams Consulting, which specializes in the booze industry. The Post-Dispatch noted the decline is only accelerating. So it's still, it's still accelerating. As Bud Light had shed 21% of its sales the previous week and 11% the week before that, total sales are down 8% for the year, according to the paper, Bump Williams himself, the founder and CEO of the company that shares his name, told the Post-Dispatch that Bud Light is still the top-selling beer in America, but Bud Light is in serious trouble this year. If Anheuser-Busch can't halt the decline soon, I think it runs the risk of losing that number one position in the calendar year to Modelo. Modelo will become the number one light beer. Interesting. And we're going we're gonna to just buzz through this segment because it, it's just funny. Bud Light sales dip while... Rivals spike. And you can see Bud Light's dropping in April 8, 6%. Week of April 15th, 17%. Week of April 22nd, 6.7%. Meanwhile, Coors Light and Miller Light experienced huge increases because, look, light beer is crap. All light beer is, is horrible, shitty beer. So moving from one to another is not, it's not a big shift. It's not like you're going from a high-quality IPA to... Coors Light. You're not going from a micro brew to a crummy little national or massive, you know, national beer. So people can go from Coors Light or excuse me, from Bud Light to Coors Light or Miller Light or any of the other Modelo, any Stella, any other super light beers out there, right? It's not a big deal to them. It's not a big change. I mean, I would do it. Anyway. They're not going to get those people back. A lot of those people are not coming back because they're going to get they're going to get used to those other beers in Costco. Check this out. These are thir- these are bricks of Bud Light in Costco. $14.97. That's 30 cans of 12 ounce beers. 30 beers. For $14.97. They can't give the stuff away. They're trying to get rid of their inventory. Oh, and hey, guess what I just found out? Sturgis. Biker rally, the biggest biker rally in the United States. Bud Light, out. Yep, they've gotten rid of Bud Light and they're going with PBR and Coors. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, bikers tend to be fairly conservative. They tend to be pretty patriotic and they tend not to like the whole trans bullshit scene, right? So this is, they said, we're Bud Light, man, we're not, we don't want your sponsorship. Get out. Uh, we're not going to be serving your beer here. We're not going to be promoting your beer here. We're going to go with PBR and Coors. One more thing before I finish up, because this is just funny. This might fall on the weird spectrum, but I'm going to do it anyway. Whoever created this, 
I love you, man. Budweiser presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Chick with a Lady Penis. Mr. Chick with a Lady Penis. You walk the earth with great hair and an enormous penis. You think by over-exaggerating women's mannerisms that you can pass as a real woman, but no one's buying it. We can save the boat. You wear makeup, take tons of estrogen, and wear designer dresses in hopes you can pass the smell test, but we see through it. Can hide the Adam's apple. So crack open an ice-cold Budweiser, Mr. Chick with a Dick, and then crack open another for that enormous set of balls. The Dilly Mean Team, Mega for Life. On that note, thanks again for watching. If you're just uh, checking me out on on radio, RenegadeRadio.com, or uh, or any of the podcast channels, make sure to go to rumblecom slash report. Follow my channel. It doesn't cost anything, but you're going to see some funny video here that you're going to want to see. You're going to see some graphics here that explain a lot of what I'm talking about. I'm available on all the socials at The Nun Report, except for TikTok, because I don't do that commie BS. All right? Or you can just go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can click into everything right there. It's really easy. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.